Today's podcast is brought to you by Cherry Bundy. Guys, legitimately one of the best recovery products I've ever discovered is hands down Cherry Bundy. And I'm certainly not the only one because over 400 pro and college athletic teams religiously fuel their bodies with Cherry Bundy's high performance wellness products. Cherry Bundy was born from tart cherry juice's powerful impact on sleep, recovery, and overall health. Three things that are absolutely crucial if you want to perform at your highest potential. The science has showed that using Cherry Bundy can decrease inflammation by up to 49%. You can get up to 90 more minutes of sleep, and it also increases your antioxidants by 11%, supporting your immune system and health. You guys can start to recover faster, sleep better, and perform at your highest potential by trying out Cherry Bundy today. All you got to do is go to cherrybundy.com and use code TRE, that's the letters TRE, to get 20% off of your purchase of Cherry Bundy's incredible products Today. Again, that is code TRE to get 20% off of your purchase at chariotbundy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Running Effect podcast with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and I'm very excited you clicked on today's episode because I get to have round two discussion with Cole Sprout. I had Cole on the podcast back in July, and so much has happened since then, so it was incredible to catch up with Cole, and today's conversation was incredibly insightful and impactful for myself. Cole and I dive into a plethora of subjects, and I walked away from this conversation uplifting and uh, thinking about a few things and I'm very excited to listen back on this one because Cole drops many nuggets of wisdom in this one and I know you'll be impacted as a result. One quick note before we hop right into it, make sure you give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on those platforms. You're already listening to this so it will legitimately take five to ten seconds to hit the follow button. Give us a five-star review and then also share with a friend and share on social media. If you share on social media, make Make sure to tag me so I can see it. See where you're listening. See if you're listening on your run while doing your chores. I want to see it. I uh, appreciate anyone who's done that in the past. So without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Stanford legend, the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Cole Sprout. Cole, a pleasure to get you back on the podcast. This time I don't have the flu. I don't sound like I'm about to die. Um, that was like my version of the flu game. Um, anyways, pleasure to have you on. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So how is, how's the weather in Stanford this fine Friday? You know, it's beautiful. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's like 65, just sunny out. Uh, we had a bunch of like two weeks of just constant rain. And so we're we're all very glad that it's finally nice again. So I gotta ask, I think Charles and Kai are both at World XC right now. Is that correct, or is Charles staying back? Charles is no, he's running the DMR this weekend. Oh, okay. Down in Notre Dame. Okay, I was yeah. mistaken. Well, Kai's gone. I know your roommates with Kai. You miss him. I mean, it's been almost a week. So <laughs> I do. I, I don't know what to do with myself because yeah, we we share a room, so we're just always together. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm having a little bit of of uh detachment from kai um <laughs> kai withdrawals kai withdrawals i've never been yeah i haven't gone this long without seeing him frequently but i know he's excited to be home down down under right so one thing from the episode i did with kai that was very apparent is he's a lover of spike ball and um unless <laughs> you want to correct him on this seems like a pretty legit player how do you think uh about his his abilities and your own abilities like can you hold your own with him in a spike ball game um oh i mean 
every now and then maybe I'll pull out a win, but no, nah, he's he's ridiculously good. He just he wants it more at the end of the day. <laughs> like <laughs> he's willing to go to the extra lengths. Like he's diving, you know, he's sprawled on the grass. Like bro will do whatever it takes to win. Um and I'm not that invested. So that there's a little bit of a difference there. Um but you know, it, he's a good partner to have because he'll always go for it no matter what. He'll be sprinting 50 meters away trying to get the ball. <laughs> and I'm just standing there I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll like walk over there and get it, but I'm not quite as passionate as Kai. <laughs> so I think how Spikeball came up in our conversation was I was asking him about his favorite like non-running things to do at Stanford. Um, I'm curious, mm. what would your answer to that be? Like outside of running things and outside of like schoolwork, obviously, what are the things you look forward most to doing? Yeah. I mean, Spike Bowl is definitely up there. We, I mean, California in general is just so beautiful most of the time that we can go outside. There's a lot of um, just open fields that we'll go to, just hang out, bag some rays. Like that's, it's nothing very high energy, but um, sometimes it's nice to just go out on the field, you know, hang out, listen to music. Um, we'll go hammocking every now and then. I like to do that. Um, I mean, being from Colorado, I'm, I'm, a fan of nature, a fan of being outside. So any excuse I, I have to go out and explore a little bit. Maybe we'll go on a hike. Um, you know, you can get into some cool redwood forests out here. So me and some of my buddies will we'll go up there. Um just kind of walk around, explore a little bit. So, so you brought up listening to music. Um, last mm. episode, I think I asked you what your favorite song was. And at the time, it was What a Drag. Mm. And I hadn't heard it at that what point. And I went to go listen to it. Listen to it. I was like, oh, immediately going on all the playlists. <laughs> like, phenomenal song. So oh, I'm good. curious. What, what's what's on the Cole Sprout uh, February Ooh. rotation? Yeah, good question. You know, I've been listening to a lot of um, Morgan Wallen this month, for sure. Um, here, you know what? I... I I'm always bad at choosing what my favorite song is just on the fly. So I'm going to pull up my <laughs> It doesn't even have to be your favorite song. Just like what, what's on yeah, repeat well, these days. Totally. Seven Summers I've been listening to a fair amount. A um, little bit of a country face, to be honest. So, yeah, that. Oh, Sleeve by Nate Smith. That's another one that I'm a really big fan of right now. Um, let's see what else. Let's go down the playlist here. <laughs> what what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, I listen to genre. I listen all over the place. Like when I'm studying, mm -hmm. big fan of classical music like Chopin or Debussy. Wow, okay. um, and then on the opposite end, like if I'm working out, definitely more hip hop rap. Just get the the juices flowing. Yeah. And then uh, like when I'm hanging out, I think my most listened to artist last year was Rex Orange County. If you know who that is, mm. really like his totally. music. But I also like that like rustic sound, maybe for lack of a better mm. word, of like what a drag that kind of style. So I'm a big fan of like yeah. Briston Maroney, if you know who that is. Uh, really like a lot yeah. of his stuff. Um, or yeah. someone I've been into really recently is the Backseat Lovers. Not sure if you've ever heard of them, mm. um, but really oh, I like a lot of their Kill stuff. Kill Girl? Is that yeah. Backseat yep. Lovers? Yep. So Such a good song. I'm like all over the map, um, which makes me... Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a pain to be in the car with. Cause a lot of people are like, no, I hate this. I can't listen. I'm like, I'm easy going. So, but I, I do yeah, like yeah. when I get aux, that's a great privilege. Um, so oh, yeah, that's sweet. We're similar then. Cause I, I'm also all over the map. Um, cause I'll, I'll listen to country. It depends on the mood, you know, that's right. It's all about that. So let's see another song. Uh, 
These Times by Far Caspian. I don't know if you've heard of them, but I don't think so. they're like a little bit more, I don't even know, indie. Um, not quite R&B, but yeah, that's kind of a, a more vibey type song. Love it. So I don't know. I love music, though. Yeah. I'm always listening to something. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love music as well. It's like at the end of the year when Spotify Wrapped comes out, I'm like, I'm not surprised I listen to that many minutes, but I'm also a bit horrified <laughs> I listen to that much music. So, um, but yeah. I guess going back in time, I talked to you, I believe, in July. And at the end of the episode, I think we talked a little bit about your aspirations for the cross country season. So, can you kind of walk us through how your cross country season went and your overall feelings removed from it now, reflecting on it? how you feel um, coming out of it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, I was back home for the summer, so I got some really solid altitude training in. Um, again, mainly by myself. Uh, I'd hit some workouts with guys like Zane, Caleb, um, some other Coloradans who, who were up there. So I guess going in, um, I was feeling very fit, very confident for the season. So first race was the Cowboy, Cowboy Jamboree. And I had a little bit of PTSD from that course uh, freshman year running the 10K at Nationals, um, just being so difficult, so hilly. Um, and so I was very, very surprised, pleasantly surprised that I felt very strong um, compared to how I felt as a freshman. Um, I could just tell the mileage and the, the workouts that we'd put even at that point. And, um, had really made a difference. Um, so that, that was a big confidence boost for me. Um, and then I guess, let's see, Nutty Cone was after that. Um, yeah, in general, I, I was pretty happy with my consistency. That race was, was a little tough. I could tell the mileage was catching up with me um, a bit. Um, mid Early mid-season is, is a pretty high, high volume, high intensity training cycle for us. So um, it, it can be a little tough trying to race amidst all that sometimes because we don't necessarily taper for um, most of the in-season or main-season meets. Um, and then Pac-12s um, was another race that was pretty hard. Um, we just went out super fast. It was like a pretty flat course down near L.A. Um, and, yeah, that, that felt pretty – it felt – good yet bad i was just consistently grinding the whole time um it was just one of those you know the the pace was hot i think a couple u-dub guys just absolutely gassed the first two 2k uh we came through the mile in like 4 15 so it was just unnecessarily brutal and set the tone for the rest of the race um and for a guy like charles who's just absolutely a beast when it comes to aerobic strength um that was kind of his his race so that was exciting to see him running so well and having so many of us in the top uh i don't know 10 15 um so that was really encouraging kind of looking forward to nationals coming up soon um and then oh after that i i had some hamstring issues during a workout and called it early and it just been just felt kind of tight you know um just like nagging and so i I went into the seat trainer you know did some stuff and it felt decent enough to to continue running on and to then work out that that following week um 
but in the middle of one of the reps i just extended my leg a little bit too far for that muscle's comfort and i, I just felt a pop mm. right in there um a really unsettling feeling and immediately it just like seized up and i was like oh that's not good at all um and found out i had you know strained partially tore that inner hamstring muscle so i was out for that next regional meet um just trying to do my best to recover <clears throat> as quickly as possible and get ready for nationals which um i knew would be tough because uh, i thankfully haven't had to deal with much injury in my career so um, kind of my first experience of sitting out trying to rehab that and then get back training as quickly as possible so that was a a bit of a balancing act um and yeah nationals was definitely not the uh performance that i was hoping for um as an individual and you know obviously we had very high team team expectations so um you know it was just a a very introspective kind of time where um at least like me and a lot of the guys we looked back and um it made you appreciate how how much has to be going right for uh a national title performance to to come to fruition you know um to have all of your guys just on their game that day um and to trust each other to run the race that you know you can run um is difficult so although that wasn't the performance that any of us wanted and especially what i wanted um it was it, it gave us it made us respect how much it it means to go out there and win a national title um, at the very least, um, you know, it's, it's a balance between confidence and, and being ignorant, to to the fact that there's a lot of really good teams out there. So, um, I think we're all very, very much excited to, to just put our head down, heads down and, and work throughout this track season. And again, for a, for a cross title. So, um, yeah, those are generally my thoughts of the whole season. Um, and I was, yeah, I, I was pretty happy with, with my ability to maintain present. Um, that was a big goal for me, not necessarily, a an outcome based goal, but process. Um, I just really wanted to make sure that I maximize myself every day, whatever that looked like, whether it was an easy run, am I really taking it easy? Um, am I recovering or if it was a workout, you know, how well am I preparing? Am I feeling my body properly? Um, am I not overextending myself or am I extending myself enough? Um, so just asking myself questions to, to reaffirm like what, what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Um, cause at the end of the day, there are a lot of things out of your control, like, um, injuries sometimes. So even though you're, you're doing all the things, you know, you can, um, sometimes things still pop up. So, just to be able to bounce back and um, be resilient um, when trying to deal with those things is is pretty important for the sport. Um, just kind of taking it with stride. So there it is. Appreciate the recap. Uh, yeah. Going deep into mm. to something you were you were talking about presence there and trying to be more present mm. uh, throughout this past season. Um, one of my favorite phrases that I think encapsulates presence really well is "be where your feet are." So I'm curious. Um, how 
was being where your feet are throughout the season? How do you think it positively impacted you? I think in a lot of ways, um, especially with the goals we had as a team and individually, it it was it could have been easy to lose perspective and just be thinking about the one day we were all all trying to to maximize ourselves on um, you know the one goal that we all had in mind. In many ways, I I just prioritized myself on on the day um and i would be intentional about thinking of what i was doing how i was doing it you know it's easy to just go with emotions and um fall into the routine you're in especially when you're doing a lot of training it's easy to kind of not want to think about it um just so it goes by and um you know it, it isn't as mentally taxing i guess you could say um but at least what I've been and learning in a meditation class that a lot of us are in, um, it's it's just to really think about or to feel what you're doing. Um, so instead of going out and listening to music on certain runs, I would I just go out and and really take in the experience of of the run, um, feel all the pains or how good I was feeling, and and be appreciative of that. Um, that I was able to run. So, um, yeah, I guess part of it was just kind of like a meditative process that I took, um, being cognizant of what was going on around me. So a minute ago, you did a fantastic job of kind of recapping your season as a whole, all the peaks and valleys of it. As you sit here today, a few months removed from it, if you had to pick one lesson one of the biggest lessons that you learned from this past cross country season, what do you think it would be? Man, that's a good question. Uh, if I had to choose one, it it would probably be to to be patient. Um, or no, I, I'd say it to to have faith. Um, that that's something that especially someone who hasn't had a lot of injury. Um, things just came naturally and I was, I never had to think about whether or not I would be able to perform on a given day. Um, that was just something I, I knew given the consistent training and everything that I'd done prior, I knew I could do. Um, but having an injury that took away from a lot of the training that I, knew would help me and prepare me for one of the most important, if not the most important race of the season, um, was definitely difficult to, to try and rationalize. Um, so as, as, as a believer, as, as a Christian, like I, I really had to, to get, to be faithful, um, which is, is really hard. I, I don't like to just let things be, let things go and just hope, it works out. I, I want things done a certain way just so that I have that confidence that I'm prepared. Um, and just letting things, letting things unfold as they unfold is, is difficult. So, um, yeah, that, that was something I learned is just to have faith. So one positive from that day in Stillwater, Oklahoma was your teammate and good friend Charles Hicks <laughs> comes away with the yeah. NCAA title. 
I was shocked to find out that he was the first ever person from Stanford to win a title yeah. on the grass. Um, I think I texted Sean McGordy afterward, and I'm, I don't even think he knew. So I, it was like I feel like very few people knew that crazy stat because you go through the long list of accomplished runners at Stanford, and you're like, not a single one, them, not a single one of them like won. It's like whoa. Um, so that made it even more impressive. And also, as you know, like the NCAA in today's world is incredible. Like the amount of guys that are just insane. I mean, I think I saw the statistic that you know like 20-something guys would have beat Connor Mance's winning time from two years ago. So it's just like everyone's yep. elevating each other. So with all that being said, what was it like to find out that he won the title and just like see all the work that led into that performance? Mm. It was it was incredible. Um, yeah, I, I was so just overjoyed to see all that hard work paid off for him um, because I got to see firsthand the many miles that he put in um and all the sacrifices he made to get to that point um which was not easy for him so yeah to see all that pay off and and to see him have that success was a really special moment for all of us um bittersweet because um we had hoped to give him a better team result um but yeah i guess that was a a very big positive that we we got to take away from that that meet um yeah so of course your season doesn't end exactly how you'd want it to uh specifically like you were dealing with the hamstring thing and then didn't perform how you wanted to individually or as a team at nationals how do you walk away from that experience and you know set your eyes towards the track after obviously the date that you set i'm sure the day after track ended it was like okay all eyes towards the national meet on the grass and then it's over and then you have to like reset your eyes on the next goal but you're struggling with an injury you're struggling with a poor performance how do you walk away from that and maybe what's some advice to someone listening who had a rough performance and isn't quite sure you know how to bounce back from it Hmm. yeah yeah no that's that's the hardest thing about the sport is is trying to bounce back um and for me i the only way I knew how to to not necessarily justify um, a bad day or a bad performance, but to, I guess, make it worth that unpleasant day was to, to then just get back to work and really dedicate myself to rebuilding everything that, um, rebuilding my form, rebuilding, um, myself to the point where i could i could race again and and pursue that next goal um our our coach um has this saying that you want to have a memory of a a butterfly um where you you don't you don't really wallow on the bad races and you don't fixate on the good ones either you know you have to have a short memory um so you're constantly just looking at what's ahead obviously you want to you want to think about kind of what it what it meant to have a good race and or bad race um and internalize that and how you can learn from it um but i don't at least for me i don't want to let a bad performance define me Um, and that's the biggest thing is you know how can i how can i move past this how can i use this for something good you know if it if all it does is make me wallow then um 
then the bad race won is how I think of it. So, um, yeah, in a way it's, it's proving that that was a fluke and that I'm not defined by that. Um, and then similarly, you're not defined by any good performance. Um, I think something I've had to learn is to just love the process, um, and to not find value in that, but to know that, and it goes along with that presence I talked about is to know that I'm, I'm doing everything I can, um, and everything I should be. And, you know, if you are doing that, then you should, you should be able to find some satisfaction, um, because there are a lot of external factors that you can't control. So if you're basing your success off of all of those things and you're oftentimes going to be disappointed, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a balance of that. Um, I think one benefit of having, you know, peaks and valleys is that when you experience valleys, the peaks feel all that more sweet. So we'll get into some indoor exactly. races here, but like you've had a stellar indoor season so far, how meaningful is a race like the one you did with Kai and, and a bunch of your other teammates where so many of you guys break four and it's like, this was all worth it. Like, of course, I wish things would have been different in the fall, but like almost it makes this comeback all the more sweet. Like the story just got better. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the reason why it's, it's kind of nice to have a chip on your shoulder. Um, you know, you, you, you have a, a performance that you weren't necessarily happy about, but then you, you go and you put in the work you, you need to get to, that next race um and it it goes well it is a very it's a much sweeter moment than if things had just gone gone well the entire time um i think you really get some you realize the value of how satisfying a good performance is uh when after you haven't had one or several so yeah with with some of us not having the end of the cross-country season that we wanted to then go out and run a fast mile altogether and to then run a, a sub four uh, for the first time was was really special um i think that was all of our first times running under four minutes in the mile um and you know thomas who's who's my grade we we've raced since high school um and that's that's been a goal of both of ours since since then so to to finally do it and to do it in the same race was was really cool it, it made it all the more sweeter that 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 we did it after having a, a poor um, end of the season, you know? Um. Yeah, so I remember very specifically in high school following your career, like when I really started following the sport was like your sophomore year maybe, and your name was always thrown around as like a guy that people thought could break for by the end of high school. Unfortunately, your senior year COVID happens and mm -hmm. opportunities are just so sparse. I'm a firm believer to this day you would have done it if you had a full season. Who knows? <laughs> uh, only God knows. But, like, yeah. I think you ran 402 in this uh, time trial setup race that wasn't necessarily paced the best and the situation wasn't the best. But bottom line, this was a goal you were clearly chasing for years and years and years, and I'm sure it motivated a lot of that lonely training in Colorado throughout your high school years. So what was it like to finally do this thing that you had been dreaming of for literal years? It was, you know, it's, it's weird because with with the training we're doing now it's not really focused towards the mile um so you know that that was still a goal that i'd had um and 
had to that point, but it it wasn't as emphasized um, as it was in high school. It wasn't something that I was focusing on necessarily. Um, you know, we were still doing primarily 5K and 3K, 5K and up training going into indoor season. Um, so I guess <laughs> that was even more a testament to just how much I'd progressed as an athlete and how much we'd progressed as, an a- as athletes, seeing as we could have pretty minimal speed work going into uh, that mile race and, and we're able to, to run in under four minutes. So, um, yeah, I guess it, it really did just make me reflect back onto all the times that I'd been thinking about breaking four had either, and then had tried to break four, um, like the, the race in, um, during COVID that Thomas and I, and some other guys did. So, um, yeah, it was just a cool moment to, to think about like what that meant for us and how far we'd come to get there. So I'm not remembering correct or I'm not remembering perfectly if I um, brought this up in the first episode. If I did, that's fine. We can dive deeper into it. But what's it like being on the Stanford team where every single guy is an absolute stud? You got Charles, Kai, Thomas. We, we could list all their accomplishments and all the other guys on the team that are truly remarkable. What's it like being in that atmosphere of excellence. Like I'm a firm believer that, you know, the people you surround yourself with, you're going to become like them. Like I love the the saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So it's like, if your friend's Charles Hicks, I wouldn't be surprised if you win an NCAA title because that's a guy that did it, you know? So it's like when you're surrounded <laughs> by a solid group of guys, you're going to become a solid guy. So can you kind of talk to that culture of excellence and how it's formed you, not only as an athlete, but also as a human being? I would agree. The people you surround yourself with is is very indicative of where you will be um, and how you'll progress as a person and athlete. So um, yeah, it's it's a culture that is something that I, I wanted um, going into college and I knew it would be kind of tough to find. Um, so in a lot of ways, I, I got pretty lucky that I ended up with all these guys who are just incredible athletes. So um, yeah, you can't help but get better when you show up to practice to workouts and you're running with national champion and um you know school record holders and guys with just a laundry list of accolades um it it elevates training and the general expectation of what it means to to be excellent so um yeah and it's very supportive you know we we all aren't on, we all have off days and um, workouts where we're just maybe not really feeling it. But um, I think it's especially those days that it, it's so helpful to have guys who can just pull you along um, and, and really support you through, through the, the valleys in a sense. Um, because that is, that's not really a support system I had in high school. Um, and I can really tell the difference uh, of having that now. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of just as a person, um, you know, the, these guys are just incredibly supportive and, um, we're all like best friends. So, um, it, our relationship doesn't end off the track. Um, we're consistently just hanging out, talking, you know, um, and we're having a, a pretty similar experience through being an athlete and um, 
a student at Stanford. So we're able to talk about our shared experiences and um, it's, it's a cool dynamic. Um, and the fact that, you know, Kai and Kai Thomas and I are really close. Um, I don't think a lot of programs have necessarily that close knit of a bond between um, all their athletes, especially like, you know, my whole grade is, is roommates. Um, Cause it's just the three of us. So it's Thomas and then Kai and I in one room. So yeah, we're just consistently together, uh, working on homework together, talking. Um, so it's, it's a nice balance between having a very running focused environment, but then we're all able to just relax and, um, appreciate the time we have here. So there's a quote I've been reflecting on the the past week, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it because I think it definitely applies to yourself and the whole Stanford program, just how far you've gone in the sport. The quote is, what most people fear is what make few people great. What most people fear is what make few people great. What are your thoughts on that quote in relation to yourself, your career, Stanford in general? Um, I don't know. It's just a quote that like when I first read it, I was like, I need to let this marinate for a week or two because it's just interesting. Yeah. Wait, say it, say it again to me. I want to make sure I The quote I is, right. what most people fear is what make few people great. How I kind of mm. feel free to, to talk about how you will or how you interpreted it. But like when I heard it and thought about it, I'm like, I think a lot of people fear rejection. A lot of people fear discipline. A lot of people fear challenging the status quo and you know, not going to parties on Friday night so they're well-rested for their long run the next day. Like, a lot of people fear working really, really hard, um, things like that, and I think those are the things that make people like yourself really, really great. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and to add on that, I guess failure is something that a lot of people fear. Um, I guess it goes with rejection a bit. Um, so, yeah, if you're if you're consistently thinking about what will go wrong or how how I could end up being rejected because of this um you're much less likely to push the boundaries of yourself um which is what's required to become an exception an exceptional athlete um you have to consistently be pushing yourself and finding where and if those boundaries exist um which is something i've i'm i really appreciate about a, a guy like charles um he's willing to just go for it. And that's what you have to do. You know, I think we saw that at OSU when he just went out with a, a couple of the other guys from the gun and didn't look back. Um, you just have to be confident in yourself and in your ability to, to just go for it sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's a cool quote. Um, because yeah, I, I think a lot of people are afraid of of, of putting themselves out there, um, because it is scary. Um, <laughs> because you don't want to, you don't want things to go wrong. You don't want to surge out and try to pull away from the pack just to be reeled back in and end up getting dead last. <laughs> um, so it's it's a balance between not overthinking and and just trusting yourself, just going for it. Um, so I think it's a bit of a reflex. You just have to to ingrain that pattern. Right. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to do. Yeah, I think in relation to that, uh, whether it's like a race or a, a 
a job or like college or something i think like if you knock on the door enough times eventually it's going to be open for you um like my favorite yeah. example is um starbucks founder i think his name's howard schultz if i'm not mistaken he was rejected by investors 272 times before he received a yes mm. it's like if you had given up any of those 271 times like we wouldn't have starbucks today not that i'm a big starbucks guy but like it's easy to see starbucks success and be like oh he was probably told yes like all throughout his life and it's like no he waited 272 times for a yes um and i think <laughs> yeah. that's a good reminder of like yeah if you are persistent in your effort eventually mm -hmm. it's going to happen um and i think like persistence and consistency are two attributes that i see all the time and people i talk to on the podcast you know olympians american yeah. record holders people like yourself who are top runners in the ncaa it's like you guys are all very persistent and all very consistent and because of that sure you're gonna have off days you're gonna have off races but eventually your time is gonna come i mean like think about charles think about how many races he's gone for it before and failed uh but that didn't discourage mm -hmm. him kind of like you were saying that failure didn't discourage him from going for it the day of ncaa's and turns out didn't take him 272 two times but <laughs> he ends up winning it so thankfully not yeah 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 you know it, it in a sense you have to be a little bit insane a little unscrewed to continually go for it time after time especially when it just does not work and it doesn't go your way for however many times it takes so yeah that's that's the most difficult part of it is to just continue to show up especially when it's not going going right there was um, Yassine Abdallah, who I had on the podcast last week, he was quoting someone. So I'm quoting him quoting someone. But the quote he brought up, <laughs> that, I, that another quote I've been chewing on, um, the quote was, sometimes you have to be so confident in yourself that other people think you're delusional, which has like such strong <laughs> words. Like the word delusional, like just like makes a person like, mm, like, okay, that's a strong word. But the more you think about yeah. it, it's like if you were in middle school or in high school, and like as a freshman, you were like, okay, I want to be one of the top runners in the NCAA. Like I want to break four minutes in the mile. Like I want to win an NCAA championship or like even taking a step mm. further. Like I one day want to be one of the greatest runners in American history. Not exactly sure like your goals, but like the point is, I'm sure a lot of people would call you mm -hmm. delusional. Like, oh, you're delusional, Cole. It's like, you're on that path, right? For me, like if I would have told people like, hey, I want to make it on the charts for top sports podcasts in the U.S., People would be like, no way, you're in high school, like you're absolutely delusional. <laughs> so when you really break it down, I think the quote absolutely makes sense. Like sometimes you do have to be so confident yeah. in yourself that other people are like, okay, don't know what this person's talking about. Um, so like, <laughs> I don't know, that's another quote that I've been thinking about of like how crucial confidence in yourself is and really not yeah. worrying about the outside noise. Like having just such straight yeah. confidence in yourself that like the noise from the outside world like doesn't at all break your persistence yeah absolutely and and there i think when you have a goal um especially something as lofty as being an ncaa champion or um you know in your case like trying to be one of the top podcasts in the country um sports podcasts like the there's a time there will be a time especially at the start where you have no results to back that up and you are objectively deluding yourself that that will ever become a reality. But I think piece by piece, you start to, you start to inch forward and get closer to that goal. And that, that dream, that reality becomes more and more clear. Um, 
but there is a long period of time or however long of a period of time where it, it you really have no no vision of that goal no re, no kind of reality to back right. back up the goal that you're seeking so um yeah it's kind of wild right you do have to delude yourself a lot yeah to be great when you were talking there i had to pull up a, a quote that relates exactly to what you're talking about while like not seeing the results right away it's from mm-hmm. uh, author james clear he said when you finally break through the plateau of latent potential people will call it an overnight success the outside world only sees the most dramatic event rather than all that preceded it but you know that it's the work you did long ago when it seemed that you weren't making any progress that makes the jump today possible um and it's truly crazy like in my example like Bro, a year ago in February, I was looking at this, and this is just laughable to publicly state, um, like embarrassing. <laughs> like in February of last year, I released three episodes, and I think my most listened to one got nine, or not 900 plays, 90 plays, only 90 plays. And then plays, a month yeah. later, so last month in January, I was as low as number 30 on uh, Spotify's charts for top sports podcasts in the US. And it's like, if you would have told me in wow. February, that that would be a reality i would have been like again i had to have the confidence in myself that that would one day happen um but if i did listen to outside world yeah absolutely i was delusional for believing that something like that could happen um and similarly like if you were ever injured i know you didn't struggle with too many injuries back then but like i'm sure there were points in your path where people were like no way you're gonna achieve your goals one day but it's like you have to have that unbreakable Mm -hmm. confidence in yourself if it's something you're truly Mm -hmm. passionate about um, I think that's important because I do think there are some things in life worth giving up on. Like if you're not passionate about it, um, if there are like certain right. signs, I, I do think it's worth because I don't think you should spend 50 years in your life trying to prove people wrong on something you're not passionate about. <laughs> like podcasting, having conversations, right. super passionate about it. Also very passionate about running. You're incredibly passionate about running. So yeah. it's like you got to stick with it, right? You got to prove yourself right. Um, it's more about proving yourself yeah. right than proving others wrong. I think that's a good mindset shift. Mm. That's a, yeah, fantastic mind. It has to be internal. Um, I think if you're doing something just to prove it externally or to prove other people wrong, you it won't get you that far. Um, it's not sustainable. And if I wasn't passionate about running, I would... I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be talking to you today because I would have quit long ago. Um, because it's just not worth the time and the effort if if I'm not passionate about it. I'd, I'd do other things. Um, and I think within that vein of deluding yourself until there's success, you success isn't that exciting. Um, and what I mean by that is to become successful, it's just consistent day after day showing up and doing the same thing oftentimes, um, which isn't that exciting. You know, you go, maybe you go from getting 90 views in that first month and then it's 200 and then it's a thousand, you know, little steps, little increments, you're seeing progress. But I think if it isn't something that you're that passionate about, you'll probably give up because you're like, well, I'm trying to get you know, a million views on, on these podcasts and I'm not even, I'm not even close to that. So I might as well give up. Um, but yeah, I think your point of just showing up and day after day, um, being passionate about what you're doing, it will eventually yield those results. Right. Um, but that shouldn't be what it's about necessarily. If you're passionate about it, 
to begin with, then you're doing it just to do it, no matter what the outcome is. So Yeah, I think as you're talking there, um, I'm reminded of how important it is to fall in love with the process and with the journey and what the journey brings you rather than the outcome. Because it's like, sure, winning an NCAA title is remarkable and you'll celebrate it for a while, I'm sure. But I feel like a lot of people, everyone can relate to the feeling of crossing the finish line in a PR and immediately you'd think, I could have gone a few seconds faster, slash, in two weeks, I want to go faster. Like whenever the next race is, I want to go faster. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing for like podcasting. It's like, okay, I have like a couple thousand plays per episode. Like a year ago, I would have cried at that amount, but it's like, okay, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I want more, I want more. And that's why it's important to, to fall in love with the journey and with the process. If you get caught up in this mm-hmm. outcome chasing, seeking um, pattern, you're not going to be fulfilled within the process. And then years down the road, you're going to be like, I didn't actually enjoy and soak up all those little moments that I should have been mm-hmm. grateful for. Um, and I think there's like a saying, the man who loves the walk will go much further than the man who loves the destination. And it's like when you learn to fall yeah. in love with the process, you go so much further than the people who love the outcome. Um, and it's also so much easier to work hard when you actually enjoy it. <laughs> like no way you could it run a hundred mile weeks if you didn't enjoy it. Like, I don't know. I mean, David Goggins says he doesn't like running. And so maybe he's an outlier, like yeah. to do 200 mile races, but like, you know what I mean? I, I think it's a lot easier to, to do a 10 mile tempo at 447 average when you actually enjoy it rather than just mm. like, this sucks. Why am I here? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the people you surround yourself with, um, to what you were talking about earlier, can make something like a 10 mile tempo actually enjoyable um, because objectively it is it is pretty um awesome, but it depends how you frame it um and having people who who you enjoyed being around and who can find the silver lining in in doing a hard workout it, it makes it like all the more enjoyable and bearable either or um yeah, and therefore sustainable. Yeah, one person I've had on the podcast before, and I contact him somewhat regularly, follow him. Uh, his name's Brad Stolberg. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote his most recent book was um, The Practice of Groundedness, but he writes all about sustainable excellence, which I think is a phenomenal term that I've like been diving into. Because so many people are excellent, but it's not sustainable. Like They burn themselves out on the chase towards excellence. So it's like, how can I go after excellence in a sustainable path in a sustainable period right because it's like so many Mm -hmm. people i feel like burn themselves out on the pursuit on the chase of it and i think most of the people kind of tying it back to what we were just talking about like a lot of the people that are sustainably excellent are the ones who truly enjoy it and are doing it for themselves and for what the thing brings them um so yeah yeah so we can wrap this yeah. thing up soon because I've, I've been talking to you a while. So much fun. I guess one final serious oh, question, no. and then we can uh, um, top it off with some listener questions. What's your outlook on 2023? You don't even have to like say strict goals. Uh, it could be talking about the mm. process or really whatever you want to talk about. But like looking ahead to the new year doesn't even have to be related to running. What are some things that that bring you joy and you're looking forward to experiencing, whether it is an NCAA meet or whether it is, I don't know, going for a walk around Stanford's campus? Like, what are some of those things in your mind that you're looking forward to doing in the coming months? Absolutely. I, as I'm getting older and I can see the end of my Stanford career in the distance, um, I think the the idea of presence is is 
something I really am trying to be more intentional about. Um, and I, I mentioned this earlier, but I'm taking a meditation class um, this quarter with Kai, Thomas, Charles, and some of the other guys in the team. And um, part of that is 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 being mindful, um, cognizant of what's going on around you, and to um, I guess not necessarily eliminate distractions, but to not let them take you down a rabbit hole. You know, maybe your mind's racing, but you're not following every thought that comes into your mind or something that I have a tendency to do is just get on TikTok and I'm scrolling and an hour passes by and I'm like, Oh, I need to work on my essay right now. What am I doing? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just want to generally speaking, um, really take the time to appreciate all of the little moments around me. Um, all the good and the bad, you know, um, appreciating the the sucky moments, the times where you're down in the, the trenches um, and just kind of sitting in that, realizing that, okay, yeah, this, this does suck, but how am I going to, what am I going to do now? You know, how am I going to, get out of a place like this um and putting some agency into that is is important um i think i have a tendency to to really block off um a lot of unpleasant feelings and um situations to kind of act like they're not there um but that isn't really the case um so i'm trying to to be better about dealing with those those feelings and situations head on um, in the hopes that, you know, I have, I'm able to better find what the real issue is and then resolve it and get to a place where I'm seeing consistent success and, um, and I'm able to appreciate it because I know where I've come from. Um, so yeah, pro progress is, is a goal that I have for this, this oncoming year, um, whether that's from the athletic standpoint, from running standpoint, um, obviously I want to just continually improve myself as an athlete, um, and be able to, to see the, the changes that, um, I've made, um, focusing on the little things, you know, that those go really a long way, working on my sleep, working on my nutrition, all of that, um, working on you know everything else so yeah obviously there's there's goals of some outcomes like NCAA, NCAA championships and um, other things like that but I think it starts starts with the process starts with um, being able to to self-diagnose how how to best move from a situation um, so yeah that, that's generally like what my goals for this year um, just to be present and appreciate everything. Love it. You're an incredibly eloquent speaker and this has been uh, so much fun. You're just like so insightful and wise and like sitting here, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to listen back to this conversation <laughs> and take notes. So um, yeah, appreciate you, man. Uh, appreciate well, you doing I'm this. Really kind of you. I appreciate that. I don't feel very wise sometimes, <laughs> most of the time. So I'm, I'm glad you, you got some tidbits from that. Hey, well. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun talking with you. Yeah, I, um, I, I've had on 
Olympians, American record holders, New York Times bestselling authors. Also had on like last week, I had on the CEO of The Atlantic, which is one of the most popular magazines in the world. Mm. And uh, so oh, awesome. I, I think, not to sound prideful, but I think I, I if I tell you you're wise, I've mm. talked to enough people that you should <laughs> accept it. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. No, I appreciate it. Absolutely. So let's go through some quick listener questions before uh, topping off the episode cool. from, from Instagram. First one we got, how do you become the most drippy runner in the NCAA? <laughs> <laughs> um, man, again, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'd say that at all. Um, but I, I've definitely found my style, you know, something that I'm comfortable with. I like, there was a time where I was, I was, I was, I don't know, trying to, to look cool and to, to be drippy, I guess you could say. Um, but it was just failing miserably. I just <laughs> had no idea what I was doing. Um, so eventually I just gave up trying to, <laughs> trying to actually look cool and just, I don't know, be myself. I don't know. Came naturally. No, the best answer it you should naturally. say, your parents yeah, are probably maybe. listening. You should just say my parents, they gave me the drip, the jeans. Yeah, no, my, yeah. My mom definitely has contributed to that. She's a, a very well-dressed and drippy person. <laughs> you can ask her. <laughs> love it, love it. Mrs. Sprout, if you're listening, shout out. Okay, another question we got. <laughs> this one made me laugh um, a ton. The question is it's so random. Would you rather... This is Instagram questions. are just so random sometimes. The question is, <laughs> would you rather hire Mo Katir or Ryan Krauser as your chiropractor? Oh, wow. Oh, Ryan Krauser, I'd say. For a deep tissue massage? Like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He's getting in there. Yeah. <laughs> Although I might, yeah, my body might break. I don't know if that's really the best move, but that that's for sure where I'm going. Another question. Um, who would win in a 100-meter dash, Cole Sprout or Cole Matheson? 100-meter dash? Oh, I mean, it's got to be Cole Matheson. Well, I'll take you. I don't know. I feel... I'm unbiased. I'd take you. You're really? faster. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll take me. Okay. Yeah, self-confidence. Yeah, always gotta, bad on yourself. Got to delude myself before it's reality. How right. about that? Right. Um, okay, another question. This person clearly listened to the Kai Robinson episode. He said, who's your partner to beat Kai in spike ball? Oh, it's got to be Rob. Robert DiDonato. He's my go-to partner. He's the only one who can stand up against Kai. Um, but otherwise, no chance. <laughs> People love Kai Robinson. Another question surrounding Kai. Who would win in a fight hand-to-hand, Cole or Kai Robinson? Oh, man. You know, I, I'd i probably say Kai. He, he's gotten some, I think him being Australian, like he's gotten some tips from the kangaroos. You know, he's always out. He'll, he'll tell me stories about how he's out running, and he'll just see a kangaroo and, like, run up to it to try and mess with it, you know, and they'll, like, square up with you. I feel like he has some some sneaky confidence and sneaky fighting ability that thankfully I haven't had to experience. He hasn't <laughs> tried to like fight me yet. At this point, maybe that time will come, but um, yeah. Okay, one final question to top off the episode. This one's a little more serious, but um, I think mm-hmm. it's a very insightful question from Josh who asked it. He said, what separates the good runners from the great runners? think at the end of the day um and it's something that we we talked about a lot on this podcast was um consistency you know being passionate about what you're doing um eventually those results will come but 
you you kind of just have to put your head down and find satisfaction in what you're doing and how you're doing it um and yeah eventually the delusion will become reality um but yeah i think passion is the source of great athletes love it cole an absolute pleasure doing this podcast with you round two we'll get you back for round three sometime in the future but appreciate you doing this and best of luck with uh, exactly. all upcoming endeavors in endeavors wow that's where editing comes in best of luck with all upcoming <laughs> endeavors whether it's in midterms or on the track uh, appreciate you doing this mm. thank you Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I don't take your time for granted, and I hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself. Make sure you're following the podcast, have given us a five-star review, and consider sharing with a friend. Through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out. Generally, we release two to three episodes per week, so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly. I hope you're running and life is going well. Guys, keep chasing mastery, and I will catch you in next episode.